this case, we have a doctor who has requested a Bruxer bridge for this three-unit posterior bridge, which is a uh, good selection in terms of material. Um, as long as it doesn't violate the rule of 27, something that we covered in a previous edition of Chairside Live, and actually just looking at this, uh, and not seeing the digital scan, but just looking at it, it looks like there will not be a violation of the rule of 27. So, uh, in fact, I know that we did make a bridge for this case that you'll see in just a second. So it did not violate the rule of 27. But um, a couple of my little pet peeves here that... Um, have been violated, and the first one's on on this molar is the, is the lack of a buildup here. And I've heard doctors say, "Oh, I don't really, you know, believe in buildups," and and I'm not sure what that means. Um, this isn't Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. This isn't you know something where you can believe in it or not and believe in it. I guess what they they mean to say is they don't think it's going to do much good. But if I I take a perio probe and and measure here on the distal wall from where I think the margin is, we've got you know just barely two millimeters at most of two structure back here on the distal of this molar. And had we had the opportunity to build that up, uh, we could certainly have a better vertical height on this wall and a better chance of retaining this bridge long term. It's also very short on the distal buckle as well. So I, we see a lot of preparations that come in like this where either the dentist just wants it based out or we're just going to build the bridge down there. But we lose a lot of retention and we have higher retention requirements for the distal abutment of this bridge than we would if this was just a single unit crown on its own where a strong cement, something like um, Ceramer by Doxa that actually bonds to the Bruxer material might hold it on. But when we're talking about a bridge, now all of a sudden we've got some higher retention uh, requirements because we have to be able to hold on for this tooth uh, as well. So that's one issue. The second issue is um, when the bridge was tried in and the doctor actually sent the bridge back and aesthetically um, he didn't like how it fit between the pontic or the patient didn't like how it looked between the pontic and the tissue itself. So we're doing a soft tissue model on it. We asked the doctor for a new impression uh, and this is the impression that we got back. And of course my issue with this is that a double arch tray was used uh, for a three-unit bridge. And that's definitely something where we try to uh, get doctors to take separate impressions. Uh, we would like a, a separate full arch uh, upper impression, a separate lower one. Um, this will work, but it's just difficult in this full arch, double arch impression to tell whether or not the patient's in maximum uh, intercuspation. So as far as the tray goes, um, I prefer you know, a metal tray instead of a plastic one just because of the flexibility of the material and how the material has, uh, can flex and twist uh, inside of this plastic tray. So it's not as stiff as we'd like it to be. And then somehow on the other side, um, I don't know if the syringe material ran out, uh, but we're going to need a new opposing impression because this uh, is not going to be enough material. We just got some few indentations here. Uh, of the teeth on the opposing model and uh, that's not going to be quite good enough for us to to go forward and be able to use um, this impression so even though I'm a huge huge fan of the double arch impression technique I love it for single unit crowns and I love it for two adjacent crowns uh, for a three unit bridge like this I'm going to want to use a metal tray to prevent distortion and I'm just going to take a full upper uh, impression and then a full separate lower one. It could even be in an alginate substitute material uh, or alginate if you wanted to and not necessarily polyvinyl. 
and then a good interocclusal uh, bite record between those two prep teeth, just those two prep teeth and the opposing teeth. And I feel that's really a better way to be able to represent that. You can see that we've already got some soft tissue material uh, in here so we can get better adaptation for that modified ridge lap ponic that we're going to do uh, for this Bruxer bridge. So we are going to need a new um, opposing from the doctor. You can see there's kind of a big uh, bubble right here as well. And so when we look at this new model, you can see that we do in fact have this bubble here that's going to really need to be removed. In fact, if we contrast that with how it looked the first time, you can see um, that it's a less accurate impression uh, for us to go in and try to remove that little bleb and do it again. So probably what we should do uh, is just get a, an altogether new impression uh, from the doctor, a new opposing, uh, a new prep arch impression as well, and with an accurate bite registration between the two and our ability to hand articulate it, uh, using a soft tissue model, we should be able to give the doctor and the patient a Bruxer bridge they're both going to be happy with.